The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now, your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with a first-time guest, but a longtime friend, Naveen Krishnamurthy. Naveen, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Mark. Hey, good to have you here. If you don't know Naveen, you probably aren't very active in the uh, in the D.C. arena because he is everywhere. Uh, you know, awards occur, contracts occur. The Reva story is well. I'll, why don't you tell us the Reva story, Naveen? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, from a high-level snapshot, I uh, started the company about 13 years ago. So um, as a federal service provider, uh, I think the first half of that journey was everything you could think about as a GovCon uh, company going through the maturity model, sub to prime, get some past performance, build a reputation, uh, think, why the heck did I do this? I must be crazy and and so forth. And, you know, we kind of got along and, and, and uh, the last half of that journey has been uh, really well for us relative to a small business. Uh, we went, you know, in the first six, seven years, we went from zero to about 8 million. Uh, now we've gone from eight to about 80 million in the last six, seven years. So, um, you know, really, to me, that story is a testament of the grind of the first half, you know, the first nine holes. And then uh, the game started kicking in in the back nine, which is, of course, usually uh, when, you, when you get that muscle memory going and, and you start to see things a little bit easier. All right. So let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, that that journey. I mean, from zero to eight in six or seven years is actually, you know, not an atypical story, but a lot of companies don't even make it there. So where, where were you uh, playing in that arena? Were you basically subbing? Were you looking for, um, what were you looking for? You know, in the beginning um, we looked and um, if you think 13 years ago, uh, we really hung our hat on web, mobile and social media, you know, even before it was kind of affectionately called digital, uh, you know, we really wanted to find a niche in something that we thought was going to kind of emerge. We thought social media could become something. This is when Twitter, half the folks called it Twitter, and they said, hey, these things are going to go away. You know, this isn't going to stick. It's a fad. Um, and so really, that's kind of where we hung our hat to differentiate ourselves. And 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 honestly, not only doing that for federal customers, doing some aspect of web, mobile, social, we kind of drank our own Kool-Aid and did it for ourselves. And I think it was great for a startup because I think it helped put us on the map as a relative unknown. Yeah, getting on the map is not easy. That visibility factor for smalls. I mean, you know, you're one of, you know, several hundred thousand companies, uh, probably 20 percent of those are I.T., so uh, standing out, I mean, you and I connected uh, actually 12 years ago now on LinkedIn. So we met relatively early in your, in your journey. But one of the things that's intrigued me about you, 
and your company is your ability to recruit and retain. So let's, let's chat a little bit about that. You know, um, I think when I started the company, one of the thoughts I had was, uh, you know, what would I want if I work somewhere, you know, coming from, you know, private and public product services, small and large, you know, I worked for the Booz Allen CACIs. I worked in dot-com Silicon Valley. I, I, I was always thinking about how you kind of feel like a number out, out there. There's like the mothership and then, you know, you're out on a project. And so, uh, you know, it was really kind of thinking about breaking it down into four phases, which is the, it's almost like a CX model of employee journey. From the moment a someone from talent acquisition reaches out to that offer and onboarding to that transition stage to beyond, I wanted to see how we can kind of do it in a manner that would really make an employee feel like they're at home, they're excited, they're motivated, they view it as somewhere they could hang their hat for a long time to come. Okay. Do you have any idea what your average retention is at this point? Um, yeah, I mean, on, on, on a whole, we are beating the industry average right now. Um, our turnover rate, I believe is right now around 5.7%, uh, which is pretty good. Um, I will definitely give a high accolades to our people and culture team. Uh, I think going virtual early during the pandemic has helped a lot. Um, but you know, it's also the quirky things having, an alpaca as a mascot and having a Slack channel called Fur Babies. That's probably our most popular <laughs> Slack channel. Uh, I think that's really helped build a community of employees versus just having an employee base. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm connected to, I don't know, maybe a dozen or so people at your company. Um, and oddly enough, you know, Alex and I have been connected also for – 12 years now, but she was a couple of incarnations away from Riva at the time. Um, and uh, you've been kind enough to invite me to a couple of your events over the years. And I don't get to Virginia often, but whenever I get invited to, to your things, I do make a concerted effort to cross the river because your, your events, I think reflect the culture of the company. They're fun they're they're well attended but they're intimate people know each other people are happy to see each other um how often are you doing those um we've been doing one called staying connected which is tied to our reva karma program from our inception um once a year uh we pick a different charity a lot of times crowdsource from our employee base um we make a conscious effort to invite people not just in Riva, but really in what I would call the GovCon community, uh, customers, partners, uh, even former employees, people that uh, we kind of view, hey, along our journey, we really have enjoyed working with them, being in the trenches, somebody we respect, we appreciate. And every year we kind of update and add to that list. And so it's, you know, we have people coming in from out of town uh, a lot of times going, this is a, this is one of our favorite events of the year because I get to catch up with so many colleagues and old acquaintances. And a lot of times it's not to our benefit. Uh, you know, quite honestly, the charity is getting the biggest benefit. 
and it creates a lot of other relationships where other people will go off and team on something, partner, they hire them. But uh, to us, that's kind of giving back and uh, seeing how we could be part of facilitating this as a GovCon community. Cool. All right, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'll be back with Naveen right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Naveen Krishnamurthy, uh, CEO of Riva Solutions. Um, where where did you get the name Riva? Uh, you know, when I was sitting there whiteboarding different options for the name, uh, I really thought about it. I didn't want the the name to define the business offering. So sat there on the whiteboard, did a bit of ideation, threw a lot of words on the whiteboard, and what started to come together was results, innovation, values, and accountability. And, uh, you know, that's really where we got Riva. And so our core values are embedded within our name. Cool. I like that. Um, and the core values are reflective of your culture. So you have a number of internal initiatives. Would you please um, elaborate on that, please? Yeah, you know, we wanted to make sure that um, from a company culture perspective, we have different employee programs. They're all optional. Um, you know, I touched on Riva Karma, which is giving back to the community. Uh, one of my favorites is Riva Next, which is an organization within Riva that breeds leaders of tomorrow. You know, not just just training or mentorship, uh, but, you know, really digging deep to give a budget and have like a president, uh, officer committee that are leading initiatives. So you empower people in the middle level of their career to kind of be a leader through Riva Next and get visibility in our organization. Uh, but that spawned different programs like we have women in leadership. Uh, we have another committee. Uh, that's just called Social Ambassadors, where we get different people from different projects telling us, you know, what's going on, you know, is, you know any accomplishments, kudos, uh, key, key things that we can kind of relay. One of my favorites is Reva Engage. Um, you know, I believe, Mark, you've actually been on our Reva Engage, where biweekly we have a speaker come and talk about different broad topics, um, you know, one of my favorites was a childhood friend of mine. He is battling Parkinson's. So he talked about how he's trying to do that through being a ping pong player. And now oh, he's wow. on the Special Olympics <laughs> Committee uh, doing that. So, you know, just really feel good stories that transcend just GovCon and IT. And we try to create these programs. They may be a committee, it might be a group, might be a centers of excellence tied to a capability area. Or it might just be a Slack channel uh, where it's like DIY or home fitness or book recommendations <clears throat> or travel tips. So that way people feel they're a part of something and they're cross-pollinating. They're meeting people that they wouldn't normally meet uh, through a virtual sense or, or in person. Okay, so these are not like vertical within your organization. So it's not a marketing thing. It's not a BD thing. It's not a sales thing. It's not a tech thing. Whoever wants to participate in whatever, the women in leadership, they just come in. Yeah, it's all voluntary, um, you know, kind of the uh, what you put in, what you get out. Um, you know, I think people, uh, you know, some people, you know, are happy just kind of not. 
participating and we have no issue with that. And then some people like to participate and therefore, you know, they have access to uh, different perks, you know, different training, access to different leaders, uh, you know, different tool sets, certifications. So that way along their career journey, they could say their stop at Riva, they were able to learn and progress their career development while making friends along the way. Okay. So you encourage search. Do you pay the tuition if necessary for people to get certs? Yeah, we've established something called Riva Academy and kind of it's like a hub and spokes concept. You know, you might have tuition reimbursement tied to, let's say, a graduate program in a related field. You might have technical certs, AWS, UiPath, uh, you know, et cetera. You might have uh, certs that are more program project managed related, like PMP, Lean Six Sigma back in the day. And um, and then there's like specific niche certs as well. So we really prescribe to that. A, a lot of times it's to our benefit, honestly, Mark. I mean, if you keep up certain certs, technical certs, that allows us to progress through the uh, maturity levels with partnerships with the technology vendors. So we're happy to invest in our employees getting those certs as well. Okay. I've, I've interviewed a number of people and I've talked to a number of other people about, you know, like tuition reimbursement, certs, et cetera. I'm assuming these things help you uh, win contracts either as a prime or a sub. Uh, are you still subbing or are you primarily priming now? I think we're about 87% prime, um, you know, definitely more, uh, you know, more of our uh, focus has been there. That's where the higher, you know, probability of success, but strategically we're happy to sub if it makes sense as well. We're, you know, we're flexible tied to the agency, the type of work that it is. And, you know, teaming to us has been the fabric of our company Somebody has a relationship, somebody has expertise, somebody has the past performance. You got a whole pot of money with the government, U.S. government. So it, it's, it's actually really beneficial to work together and to kind of open the aperture of teaming uh, and, and to do it multiple times with people. That's where it goes back to the GovCon community, because then you can kind of leverage the power of two or three versus just trying to do it yourself. Okay, so you you tend to team with the same companies over and over? We do. I mean, we have about, uh, I think right now, 13 contract vehicles with the federal government. Uh, You know, and I always tell people, it's sort of like me casa, su casa, me vehicles, your vehicles. It took us a dozen plus years to get these, which was quite a journey and very expensive. So now let's take advantage of them. I mean, we have access to the government. Uh, You know, some are best in class in different levels, but you know, hey, some of these are great. They're just five awardees, seven awardees in a specific agency with 10 years. So, you know, let's work together and see how we can deliver value to a mission. Yeah, I mean, I, I went through the uh, the contracts page on your website. So you do a lot of uh, uh, work with NIH. You have uh, uh, EFAS, CATS, CIOSP3, uh, the, the NOAA ProTech things. I had Remind me to introduce you to a friend of mine who has a company that works with NWS. Um, we'll, we'll do that offline. Yeah. Um, you're in Stars. You're in Seaport Next Gen. Uh, holy cow, man. Uh, nice array of, of vehicles. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest lessons I I learned 20, 25 years ago coming to government is what's different about the private sector is you might have a budget and a requirement and you can go to a contractor or vendor. Uh, but in the government tied to checks and balances tied to taxpayer dollars, uh, you know, you've got this thing called the FAR and, you know, you have vehicle access and uh, it is a significant portion of the the equation on how you're going to work with the federal government. So uh, I, uh, 10 years ago, we basically made the goal that we were going to just stack the deck and go after as many vehicles as we could. We even have a specific team within Riva to pursue and manage vehicles, uh, you know, which is becoming more prevalent nowadays. But um, it, it is really become the name of the game nowadays in federal contracting. Yeah, I, I've seen that in larges over the year, but I've rarely seen it in a large, small or a smaller mid-tier that you have a team devoted to just that. And managing those vehicles is, you know, more than a full-time gig anyway. It is. I mean, if you think about 12, 13 contract vehicles, we probably see something in the range of, I believe, 60 to 70 task orders a day across those vehicles. So how do you cast a net with specific filters tied to things that you're anticipating or you don't anticipate and be able to like be agile enough to kind of see if that's something that you're going to respond to? whether it's market response or a task order. So the agility of your team becomes really key and it really breaks the paradigm of some of the old school, you know, uh, gestation periods of nine, 12, 18 months to chase a deal. Uh, They start to become very abbreviated. And so it's really changed the fabric of how we uh, do business development and sales within the government nowadays. Okay, cool. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'll be back with Naveen right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm with Naveen Krishnamurthy today, and he is the CEO of Riva Solutions, um, IT contractor extraordinaire. Uh, but but for for several reasons, not not the least of which is your mentor mentee uh program and you know we we both are are proponents of that so give me the the reva slant and start with your your personal take on it yeah i mean i think it starts with uh, my own personal journey i've always had mentors multiple mentors um i think it really gives me perspective of you know, not drinking my own Kool-Aid or living in my own bubble of what my perspective of my career journey is, uh, you know, take take it with a grain of salt, listen to a lot of different people, and then apply what's appropriate for me. Even before I started my company, went out to 30 business owners, got their advice. Uh, even before uh, I got my 8A certification, went out to 38A owners, got their advice. Uh, even before I exited 8A, Went out to 30 people who exited 8A, got their advice. And, and, you know, which is funny because a lot of times they're like, this is what you shouldn't do. And here's where I screwed up (laughs) and so forth. So uh, very good, candid conversations. But, uh, you know, what I did in Riva is um, I really designed a mentorship program that uh, allows protégés to pick their mentors, which I think is not always the case. 
Uh, and um, it's a prescribed program that allows you to also work across departments in different swim lanes. So it's not like, hey, this is my boss and my mentor. You know, sometimes that can be a conflict of interest. So having that, but we also added the social aspect, you know, hey, we're going to have a kickoff where all the mentors, mentees are going to get to meet each other. Then the, then the protégés can pick the mentors. You're going to meet regularly, but we'll have some, you know, team, team dinners or team socials. So, you know, that way we're bringing people together, all walks of life, who wouldn't normally be together. And um, I think that uh, mentorship is something that uh, people don't take seriously enough because you could be an academic, you could read about, you know, what you can do in different roles. Uh, but, you know, just talking to people is one of the best ways to me to learn uh, and apply it to your everyday job. Yeah, I, I've taken an active role in mentoring over the last 18 months or so. And not only is it emotionally rewarding, but it pushes me in new directions as well. So are are you actively involved in the uh, mentoring program? Are you do you have proteges at this point? I am. I mean, it's probably to a default. I have a tendency to take on too many proteges. Um, and it sounds and I know you and I have talked about it. You probably do as well. But you and I also have talked about I think we learn when we have people that we're mentoring. I learn all the time. Press the reset button, sit down, have a conversation. You always take something away. It's a two-way dialogue. And, uh, you know, honestly, um, you know, I was on Ariva Engage, which talked about mentorship. And I just sat there at the end of the thing. And I said, for, hey, first, you know, first person to uh, request it in the chat, I'll take you on as a, as a protege. And uh, I did that last month and um, just went, met with him last week. And I have to tell you, it was fascinating learning his story and his journey and it's empowering you know like we all are have a different academic you know pedigree experience um i always take away something i learned from an executive coach a long time ago which is don't just talk through the work aspect talk through work and personal uh because so many of our decisions are predicated and facilitated by the integration of your work-life balance. And that's such a key part of your decision-making in your career journey. And, and that's something I try to infuse in our mentorship program. Yeah. I heard a phrase the other day, I was listening to an interview that uh, uh, Amber and Lisa of the Pulse of GovCon did, and, and they referred to it as work-life integration, not work-life balance. And I think that uh, covers it probably as accurately as any phrase I've heard. So in, in 2022, I mentored eight women and it was, it was a trip. It was a great trip. Uh, and now there's 10 of them. Um, so it takes a bit of time, but, but like, you know, it, it pushes me in new directions too, you know, uh, I was able, you know, the government marketing best practices 2.0 came out uh, about a month back uh, for uh, maybe two months back. Uh, four of my protégés were in the book when it came out. Now uh, two more of the people who contributed are are, are now mentees slash protégés. But it's, it's 
when you're learning their story, it makes you question things that you, how you approach things and, um, and where you're going to go next. So, and, and the book was actually the result government marketing, best practices. The first version came out in 05. It was because a couple of my mentees were pushing for the next edition that this book came out and I said, all right, but I'm not writing it all. You guys are writing it with me. Uh, oh, very cool. So you take them on the trip. So you're, you're, how many are you mentoring right now? Um, officially and unofficially. I mean, uh, for, your for entire, business, your, your entire business, company. <laughs> well, there's a lot of, um, you know, I call it the pay it forward, right? The younger, uh, companies, that are earlier in the maturity model. I mean, we're cycling in the new, the, the, the new companies of tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I probably meet with at least 12 to 15 business owners, uh, at least once or twice a month separately. And, um, you know, just really kind of what you would do in an advisory board capacity. It's my pay it forward. You know, let me tell them my story, how I, uh, you know, went through roadblocks, handled challenges, uh, you know, wanted to paint the picture that what they're facing is not abnormal. We all faced it. It's not all, you know, unicorns and rainbows. Uh, there is a journey and it is a difficult one. And every phase is different. Zero to two versus two to five, five to 15, 15 to 50. They all are completely different business plans and challenges. And, uh, you know, really kind of talking to people about that. Half of it is them going, man, I'm so glad to hear that because I I just feel like, you know, I've got my fingers in the dam and there's always another hole. And I said, hey, that's part of it. And, you know, it's it's happened to all of us and and we've all gotten through it. And you can you can as well. Yeah. So are are any of those mentees teaming partners as well? Oh, definitely. I team with a lot of them. Um, You know, I always profess the uh, phrase of mutual benefit. Um, You know, I I think that a lot of time, you know, I when I was a young company, I reached out to a lot of larger smalls, too. But what I would always do is say I would do my homework. I would look at something that would add value to them. And I would make sure that there was creating a mutual benefit because those are the best type of relationships when you when both companies are benefiting. Uh, by working together. Yeah. Do you have a mentor right now? I do. Um, I have multiple mentors. Uh, One long-standing mentor uh, has been Ravi Duncanicote, who works for SAIC, Uh, Mm -hmm. probably going on 20 years now. He actually got me my job at CACI way back in the day. Uh, So he's definitely been somebody I look up to, respect. Uh, You know, I kind of call it the virtual gut punch. You know, every now and then, hey, tell me, you know, really tell me what I'm doing, how I'm doing, or tell me what I can do to improve. And uh, another one I'm happy to say has become a mentor the last few years is Mehul Singhani, who just sold, you know, Octo to IBM. Right. And mm-hmm. congratulations to him on that journey. Uh, he definitely does the same for me. He's an icon. Yeah. He's, you know, couldn't say more. Uh, he is an icon. So for me, you know, it's, it's funny, Nick Wakeman interviewed, uh, one of my mentees, Sherry Asensio and I, um, on being mentor mentee. And 
at the end, Nick asked if I had a mentor and my response was, you know, for the past year, my mentees have been my mentor because they push my boundaries. They push me in new directions and they always challenge, you know, they don't accept blindly. And I sure as hell don't want them acting like me in the market because I'm a different kind of beast. Um, yeah. And, and but, I think the theme of what we're saying is uh, it's easy to go through the motions and have a day turn into a week, turn into a month, into a year. But I think mentorship programs uh, allow us to take pause and take stock of how do we strategically transcend where we are, push ourselves out of the comfort zone and do something different versus doing the same thing over and over. And I, I think a lot of times we forget about that. We're so, uh, as, as humans, we just fall into that comfort area. And then two, three years ago by, and we go, wait, why am I still in this job? Wait, why am I still doing the same thing I did two, three years ago? And we, we need that. We need, we need somebody to say, try something different. Uh, you know, you know, push yourself a little bit past your boundaries. And that's one of my favorite things uh, is watching employees at Riva go through that career path, being a manager, you know, switching uh, roles that are more suited to them. Um, it's so fun to watch that career journey emerge uh, within our own organization. It really is. You know, I, it, it, it's amazing, you know, uh, over the past uh, year, uh, three of the women I was mentoring were in the job search mode. So uh, playing whatever role I could play and helping them, you know, find that next move was was a blast. And I'm happy to say that all three are very happy where they ended up, regardless of whether or not I was, you know, actually involved. So there's a, there's a lot of reward there. Yeah, and I think I think you know what I've always said to people in the in the world of non competes, which sounds like they could be going away, but uh, I I, I kind of say to people, hey, I, I don't know where you're going to be in your journey with Riva. It might be you know one year, it might be five years, and but I hope that in your career journey, the stop at Riva was an enjoyable one. You you learn things and you you really grew and. Um, but you know, I'm practical. I know people are going to leave and, uh, there's no love lost there. Uh, I still continue to have a good relationship with them and keep in touch with them and, um, you know, consider a lot of them friends. Cool. We're going to take a break. We'll return and wrap up right after this. Uh, I'm talking to Naveen Krishnamurthy of, uh, Riva Solutions and we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Naveen Krishnamurthy, the CEO of Riva Solutions. And, you know, I, browsing, your, I, I knew a lot of this stuff, but seeing it on your website kind of brings it all into one spot. You guys win awards on a regular basis. I think you've been on Inc. for like 30 or 40 years in a row, and you're only a 15-year-old company. Um, Washington Post, top workplaces for... Uh, multiple times and and you know our discussion explains why uh pr awards uh you know i was at gain last fall when alex your marketing director won a gain award for one of the marketing categories which was very cool and very well deserved was that for the boss program 
Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and, and I got to tell you, um, our marketing team, you know, they are uh, excellent. They bring it every day with enthusiasm, creativity. They definitely get all the credit. They, they are, they are great. And I love Alex. She's cool. Um, but there, there's a, there's a Naveen factor in that too. You have from my perspective, a high visibility rating in the market. Uh, you are involved in a lot of different things, the charities, the, you know, the mentoring, the overall market. But I mean, um, you know, when they kicked off the boss program, I love the video, you sitting in your desk and that, that little snippet, that was fun. Um, but, you know, talk, talk to me about, is this conscious? Is this part of your personality? Do you like the visibility factor? Um, you know, I think it really starts from the beginning of the company going back full circle to getting on the map. I kind of had it in my mind. I've got to go to at least one to two networking events, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinners every week. And I need to meet one new company a week. I've done that for nearly not just 13 years. I probably did it before Reva. And I actually have never stopped that. And I think you combine that with trade association, getting on committees, um, you know, I've been on a lot of nonprofit committees as well. Um, you know, and it's not just attending, it's in leadership roles. Um, you know, I think visibility is key. Uh, you stay relevant, you make an impression. It really speaks to your brand, your reputation, uh, your work ethic. And I think that if we could take all of that and transcend that also into social media, um, I think you supercharge uh, you know, kind of the value you're bringing to the table. And so it definitely is a conscious effort. And and I think part of it is going, tracing back to my Silicon Valley days to be a little bit different. You know, how can we be a little bit quirky? How can we do a little edgy? Let's not do it just, you know, old school government contracting. Uh, let's bring a little bit of creative flavor to the table. Okay. The Silicon Valley factor is interesting because that's probably – one of the significant reasons that you're better at social, particularly LinkedIn, than many of the other executives in our market. I, you know, I I'm thrilled when I'm when I see an executive actually get active, uh, but it does. I, I'm thrilled because it doesn't happen that often. But then I go to your profile and I see you know new posts, you reaching out to do this. Um, and and it intrigued me. So when when did you uh, start leveraging LinkedIn on behalf of yourself and then on behalf of Riva? Um, I mean, honestly, right from the inception a decade ago, as LinkedIn started to become uh, prevalent as a social media platform for businesses, um, I took it upon myself to, you know, look at the dialogue around the professional side of who I was through this medium and then uh, adding a Riva channel to supplement that. I, I kind of understood those are two separate things. Uh, I knew that consistency was key. I knew that it isn't just about me, me, me. It's also about uh, giving congratulations and a respect to others in the field. I think it's posts, it's articles, um, it's different factors. The biggest 
biggest thing I re- really saw was it's breaking down the barriers of a band, uh, a brand and humanizing it. And I think that humanizing factor is so critical, especially as we've gone to a virtual working environment where you really can kind of start to get to know people uh, you're interacting with. Um, you can kind of pick up tone messaging. And I think that's really helped connect with people. I recently did an article on LinkedIn about building enterprise value and government contracting. And, you know, the feedback has just been stellar. Uh, I've gotten so many more tips on, I could probably rewrite that article and, and supercharge it. Uh, but it was, it was just me putting myself out there vulner, in a vulnerable sense going, Hey, I don't know. I haven't done this before, but this is my view based on talking to a lot of great experts in the field. And um, I think a lot of people appreciate it, but they also, uh, a lot of people gave me advice. So it, it, it really isn't a me, me, me thing. It's a, I'm in the community and I'm, I want to be relevant and I want to stay connected. Yeah, the, the, the whole feedback aspect of LinkedIn when you post and people comment is, uh, you know, for me, it, it, it's where I learn probably the fastest. And um, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm always hoping there's more and more comments to come. You know, I don't care how many views it gets. I care how many comments I get. Yeah, and I, I think it's underused. I mean, I know you, you, I'm speaking to the choir here, but I think that uh, so many of our customers are on LinkedIn. Uh, they are putting, they're on the speaker circuit. They're putting out important material about initiatives they have. And I, you know, the dialogue is happening. It doesn't have to just be at a conference at an industry day at a one-on-one. I mean, you can go out there, follow an agency, follow a particular swim lane of a, uh, capability area and really see exactly what's happening uh, instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to read the latest executive order, uh, you know, issued. And that's that's where the education stops. Uh, you could start to see how it permeates within our community from, you know, by each agency. And um, I, I got to tell you that we use it to even put questions out there for teaming you know, you have so many vehicle bids and scorecard bids nowadays, like Alliance and Oasis and, you know, all these mega, mega contracts. So uh, it's been encouraging to see more and more people saying, hey, I'm going to I'm, I'm not going to just view this as a competitive environment. I, I'm going to view it as a collaborative and competitive environment, both. Uh, and, and I think that's led to a lot of really strong relationships. I, I agree. I mean, this this market is about relationships and at this point i can't imagine this market without linkedin because it's where i manage my relation i build relationships and i manage them here definitely i mean and that's where i kind of i don't even have you know i think our marketing team has a social and editorial calendar tied to different platforms and uh different messages but I mean, for me, it's just like a mental cadence going, you know, I haven't done an article or post or, you know, I haven't gotten on in a while. And I do that on the regular to stay connected to the community. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap up. Do you have anything you want to talk about that we haven't discussed? Um, no, you, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, it's it's been incredible being on this 13-year-old journey with Reva Solutions. I am 
very fortunate to have been at the helm of this. And, uh, you know, the success relative to small business has been incredible. It is 100% tied to the community I've been involved in. And so being an active member, giving back, whether it's charity, being on committees, uh, putting yourself out there, like we talked about on LinkedIn, um, you know, you can talk about a business plan, um, but as a mentor told me a long time ago, uh, a business plan in small business is like a line in the sand gets wiped out by the tide every day and you got to put it, put it, create a new one. So, you know, stay relevant and be part of that community. We're very excited to now be a mid-tier doing digital transformation with great customers like Commerce and HHS. And, uh, you know, we're going to be constantly looking for the best talent out there. So definitely hit us up on revitsolutions.inc.com and uh, we'd love to see your resume today. And look Naveen up on LinkedIn too. Um, It's a great company. Naveen, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, Mark, for having me. Uh, Enjoyed our relationship all these years and also just in general being good friends. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because we connected one year after you started your company. <laughs> so it's We've been, been on this journey together. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, I always talk to everybody about your uh, black belt status on LinkedIn. Oh, you know? I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks. This is not my day job. I do advise companies on leveraging LinkedIn and building subject matter expert platforms, things that Naveen seems to know intuitively. So if uh, if you're interested in LinkedIn training for your company, please drop me a line at Mark Amtower at Gmail. And thank you for listening to Amtower Off Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.